That's a clown question, bro. Hey, what's up on you? So I'm gonna kick some dirt. He gets on base. Just a bit outside. I'm not the type of player that's gonna be Johnny Hustle. If you don't want me to watch the ball, you can go get it out of the ocean. And welcome to the show to be named later. We're talking baseball kind of whenever. I'm your host, Christian. The other voice on the podcast is Daniel Curran. How you doing, Daniel? Chris, we got postseason baseball on deck coming up on Tuesday. We got some great matchups that we're going to go over. We had a great end to the regular season, except for the Giants. That was a terrible call. Other than that, I've been pretty good. Yeah, it's been it's been uh, it's been pretty crazy. It's been pretty crazy to see like the entire world of sports heat up all at once. Yeah, and baseball is you know they're not they're not lagging behind in any way. Playoff races, lots of cool stuff going on. Some comebacks, some teams that can't get out of their own way. Um, yeah, it was it was a pretty interesting past week of baseball. That's right. Uh, kind of as we predicted. So, um, I mean, basically, basically, yeah, we got our, our, uh, our series ready. It's eight different wild card series, four in the NL, four in the AL, uh, and it's going to be, it's going to be fun. So what, how, how should we, how would we review kind of the 60 game regular season, um, um of, of 2020? Well, I think we're glad that there was an expanded playoff yes. because I mean, what would they like in the AL it would have been what the, the Rays, the A's, the twins and the Indians and the White Sox. That would have been the playoff, I think. Uh, yeah, I think so. The Astros, Yankees and Blue Jays would not have made it. So we get to see those teams. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the NL, it would have been the three division winners, the Cubs, Dodgers and Braves. And then I think the Padres and the Reds, maybe? I think the Reds. It would have been a cluster, and there would have been a, probably – they probably would have had to do tiebreaker games. It would have been, yeah. It like, would have – I mean, that would, would have been wild. But uh, I'm think, I, I am glad that we added the expanded playoff. That was a good decision that was made very last minute. Um, I mean, this is, I guess, a fun experimental season. Uh, I mm-hmm. think there, there are some things that I like. There are some things that I didn't like. I think that uh, – the, the base runner on second base should never be a thing again for extra innings. I think that should be a one-time thing. The universal DH, I did not hear any complaints over that this entire year. I don't see why that doesn't stay as a thing going forward. Um, what else? Did, was the three-batter minimum a thing this year? It, it was a rule. Honestly, I don't think – We didn't notice it. Really. Yeah, I don't think that got – I think – Like, people hated it. At first, I really don't think it got much notice. Like, I think the only the only thing that got noticed was the extra inning runners. Yeah, honestly, I will say I think we're gonna note we might notice it more if we're ever gonna notice the three batter minimum. It will be in the playoffs during the playoffs. Yeah, um, yeah, it will be during the playoffs when you know maybe a guy gives up two scorchers and it's like why can't we take this guy out? Yeah. because you just know you know as as a baseball fan you you have to admit that. Sometimes you you don't pick up on everything in regular season baseball, but postseason baseball, yeah, that's when nothing really, goes unnoticed. That's when you really see it all, and every detail is is yep. paid attention to. So I guess do you want to? We'll, we'll just do some leaders. Um, the home run leader ended up being Luke Voigt with twenty two. Uh, do you remember what the over under was in the uh, the preseason prediction? Was it like twenty five? I think it was nineteen and a half. 
Oh, I hope I got the over on that one. Uh, or wait, did over under for what? Like Vegas? No, like when we did our preseason predictions, and you 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 gave me the over under, like the home run leader. Uh, I didn't give the over on. Under, I think you did. Oh, maybe I did, one. I did all pitching stats. Okay. Oh, that's right. Um. Anyway, Juan Soto ended with a 201 weighted runs created plus. Is that that's confirmed? That is confirmed. That's good to hear. Yeah. I, I said uh, I said there would be one. You got it too. I mean, Juan Soto played like 45 games. Well, just barely qualified. Qualifier. I tell you, he got it. <laughs> uh, yeah, Soto ended. I mean, his he had a 490 OBP this year. So uh, that is the best single season OBP since Barry Bonds in 2007. Uh, yeah. Yep. 2007. Yeah. Oh seven. Yeah, he had a 480 that year. And Four. then they and then they kicked him out of the league. So then it would be, but. But it was the, it was the best single season OBP since then. And for, actually, it was better. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. He's the only person. To, it was the only person to dethrone Bonds. Yeah. Uh, so that would be probably 04 then. Probably Barry Bonds in 04. Yeah, probably. <laughs> 609. Okay, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so, and you know, 45 games, obviously. Uh, yeah, and, you know, Beaver gets the ERA title with a 163. He gets the triple crown. Gets the triple crown. <laughs> that nobody cares about. Yeah. Do you um, want to guess uh, who led the league in saves? Oh, uh because I feel like no one really pays attention to that, and I'm kind of surprised by the name I'm seeing here. Um, is it? Is it? Is it? Um, I'm trying to think, think of a team that would win a lot of close games. Um, trying to think. Trying to think. This um, is he on the Marlins? No, but Brandon Kinsler is tied for fourth with twelve. Um, this person at sixteen. Jeremy Jeffress? Nope. Uh. Um, I don't know. Brad Hand. Brad Hand. Yeah, with 16 saves. That makes sense. He he saved a quarter of the over a quarter of the Indians games. Uh, yeah, that's yeah over a quarter of the, their Crazy. games and what would that be on a one, what, what would that be on a 162 game pace? 16 times Suppose. three, 48. Okay. So Ish, 47, yeah. 48. So like a right, yeah. Okay. So that's kind of on par with a regular saves leader. Yeah, probably. Yeah, probably. Um, yeah. And uh, any, any other notable leaders we should go over? Soto, won, Soto led the entire slash line outside of batting average. Uh, yeah. And I think, I think most people would agree that, no disrespect, but I think most people would agree that Soto was a better hitter overall than DJ LeMayhew. Uh, so says a lot about batting average, you know. Yeah. And even still, Soto batted. He, st- he still won the NL uh, title. He batted 351. So, so you led the NL in the, entire, uh, in the entire slash line. Wow, how about that? And he also led, he led the majors in uh, OBP slugging and OBS, OPS. Yeah. Um, yeah, exactly. And I, I think wins above replacement, it's Freddie Freeman and Jose Ramirez. Yeah. Uh, well, I, I, I'd still say Shane Bieber. Um. Shane Bieber, it's, he's in close, terms man. of overall war. Well, sure, but I mean, I think the writers, honestly, I wouldn't be surprised. But I, I'm factually, wins above replacement. I know. I'm not saying MVP. Oh, oh. 
wins above replacement. <laughs> <laughs> well, Bieber could lead in war, you know. He could. <laughs> you know. Okay, yeah, I mean, that's, that's a different topic. Um, yeah, I think that's about it. I mean, yeah, Freddie Freeman and, and, Lin, and uh, Ramirez were the war leaders. Yeah, we'll get, we'll get um, into awards uh, after the season. After the season, Even yeah. though they're being voted on a path. Voted, right now. Voted, up, voted upon right now. now. Right now. Right now. Right now. Um, um, yeah. Um, and, yeah, those are, those, are the, those are the statistical leaders. If Juan Soto didn't have a false positive COVID test, man. Could have won MVP. He yeah. could have won MVP. Yeah. It's tough, to, it's tough to go over the regular season stuff now. We could probably go more in-depth once the season's actually over. But, you know, when you have playoffs going on, that's why, that's why I like the awards being announced after the season because then we can kind of dive in, analyze ourselves, you know, as people who aren't voting. Mm-hmm. Um, and, yeah, I like it that way. And we can focus on the playoff stuff exactly now. So the first series, I guess we should get into the four versus five series in the National League. Pretty good, pretty good uh, series going on. Padres versus the Cardinals. Uh, Padres being the four seed, Cardinals being the five seed. So keep in mind that these series are best of three and they're all in one stationary place. So the Padres are going to be home for all of these games. Uh, as far as pitching matchups go, none of them have been announced yet. Uh, and Denelson Lamette went down with an injury. I don't know if you saw that, Chris. But not – I mean, I don't know how severe it is. But it looks like you might have – for the Padres, you might have Clev, uh, Davies, and I guess Paddock for the three games. Yeah. Assuming that he's hurt for the Cardinals, you're probably going to have Flaherty, um, Wainwright, and Dakota Hudson. Um, I think that makes the most sense. Yeah, it would make sense. Uh, so some notes. Uh, the, so the Padres, they're in the playoffs for the first time since 2006. In that season, they lost to the St. Louis Cardinals. So this is uh, a chance for some payback for San Diego. And the Padres, they're a dangerous team at home. They're 21-11, and 11, and the Cardinals are all right on the road. They're 16-15. and 15. Uh, The reason that doesn't exactly add up is because they count games played in St. Louis, like not like in a doubleheader if they're on the road or whatever. Mm-hmm. but they're home. Uh, this is games played at Bush Stadium, I believe. Uh, so the Cardinals are 16 and 15 at home, or on the road, I'm sorry. Uh, so, Chris, what are your initial thoughts going into this series? Uh, Cardinals, Padres, it's weird. Like, even though the Cardinals played almost their 60-game full season, it, it was never – you could never really get a gauge on the Cardinals and yeah. what direction they were going to go in. They played so many doubleheaders and just split a lot of them because that's kind of just the way doubleheaders are. Yeah, I mean, what what stinks for them is Jack Flaherty is currently going in the wrong direction. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, their offense, uh, their offense, despite Paul Goldschmidt's efforts, <laughs> uh, was average, average to say the least. Do you want to do you know what, Do you want to walk back what we said? What you said about Goldschmidt? So I said so at, at the beginning of the year. I made a bold statement. I said. This is this offense. This team is going to rely on Paul Goldschmidt's success. Last year, um, he didn't do he didn't do as well as he, he normally a, did. He didn't have a Paul Goldschmidt year. He didn't have a Paul Goldschmidt year, and the offense was less than average because of that. But this year, they're going to be better because Paul Goldschmidt is going to be better. And I and I said, if he has an OPS above 880, they will win the division. If he has an OPS below 880. They will not win the division. 
And uh, today we were on Paul Goldschmidt watch. He entered the game with an 871 OPS, and uh, he had a single to bring his OPS up to 877, then another single to bring it up to 882. Then, then he struck out. Then he struck out to bring it back down to 878. And then the most anticipated at bat of my year so far in 2020 uh, occurred in the eighth, bottom of the eighth inning, and he hits a long single off the wall, bringing his OPS up to, what, 883? 883. And, uh, yeah, three points above. And uh, to say, you know, long story short, my take was wrong. He had an, <laughs> he had an OPS above 880. and uh, They did not win they the division. They did not win the division. So that's yeah. very unfortunate. I mean, we're really disappointed in Paul Goldschmidt there, or in the in the rest of the Cardinals, because Paul Goldschmidt did his job. Yeah, he did exactly what he was supposed to do. Yeah, and OPS <laughs> above eight eighty. What more could he ask? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I have no idea. That was that was the line, and uh, yeah, I don't know what on with the rest of the Cardinals. No yeah. idea. Very unfortunate. Um, for the Padres, I mean, this is America's team. This is the team that I think will have the most outside rooting interest. Like, I feel like. You know, if your team is in the playoffs and you need to adopt a not like a backup team, I feel like the Padres are going to be it for most people. And if your team is not in the playoffs and you need to adopt a team, everyone's going to be hopping on the Padres bandwagon. So I feel like this is uh, this team. This series will get a lot of ratings, and I think the, the rooting interest nationally is going to be very lopsided. Um, yeah, I would agree. Yeah, the Padres ever since. Slam Diego happened. Ever since Slam Diego. Ever since Chris Woodward. How much the Padres owe so much to Chris Woodward, man? Yeah, in terms of like jersey sales and oh, merch, yeah. merch, merchandise. Yeah. Yeah, they owe, they owe a lot to him. And yeah, the Padres, I would agree. Definitely America's team. Um, the Cardinals are the more, you know, traditional kind of blue collar team. And I don't know, it'll, it'll be an interesting matchup. I think the Padres look better on paper. Um, the Cardinals had sort of an upset last year in their first playoff series. Mm-hmm. We both expected the Braves to win, but uh, they beat the Braves. So I don't know. We'll see. I think the Padres are rightfully the favorite in this series, but you know, you never know, especially three game series. Yeah. So on to the four five series in the American League. Do you want to do predictions at the end of everything or like at the end of talking about each series? Um, I feel like we should do that. Uh, series by series? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, especially for the first series. So with Padres, Cardinals, I've not written it down yet. I have an idea in my head. Yeah, I, uh, Padres, Padres, you you go ahead first. All right, I'm going to go, I'm going to say Padres in three. Padres in three. I think, and I think it's going to be the Padres win games one and three. So you got, you got Clev on the mound game one. I think he's going to shove. And as we've said so many times, starting pitching matters so much in these three game series. Um, I think Clev is going to go out there and shove. He has, I think, the most postseason experience out of everyone on these two rosters because uh, he was with Cleveland all those years. Yeah. Uh, so I think he's going to, you know, go out there and do his thing. Even if he isn't in the best of health, I think he's going to do just fine. And then game two, uh, I'm, I'm going to go ahead and guess that Wainwright starts that game, or maybe I shouldn't. Maybe I shouldn't guess. Maybe I should, I should just play it by ear. But uh, I think the Cardinals are going to steal that one, and then the Padres are going to come out game three firing and they're going to win it. Yeah, I think it's going to – I actually think, you know, even though it's a tight matchup, it will end in two games. I okay. think they will be close games, but I think the Padre, the Padres are going to show how important their bullpen really is to that team. Um, and I think they're going to they're gonna win their, both 
they're going to win both games of the series and they'll win by margins of like two, maybe one or two each time. It'll be, I think it'll be like a low scoring, uh, a low scoring series. I can see that too. Yeah. Um, Although, you know, Padres offense is no, no one to mess with. So yeah, on to the American league, uh, four versus five series, the Yankees and Indians, uh, kind of a playoff tradition, somewhat you could say, uh, they're facing each other. In a For the fifth or... time in the last 25 years. Yeah, it's, it's going to be it's, – it's an exciting series. So, you know, I just mentioned they faced each other in 1997, 1998, 2007, and 2017. And those four series have been split uh, between them because the Indians won in 97 and 07. The Yankees won in 98 and 17. Um, the Indians are going to be home, and the Indians are 18 and 12 at home. The Yankees 11 and 18 on the road. Not, not good. Not good at all. Yeah. Um, the Indians, of course, have arguably the best starting pitching and maybe even just the best pitching in general in all of baseball. I mean, Shane Bieber going game one, uh, that's the Cy Young and possibly the AL, AL MVP. Um, Carlos Carrasco in game two, he is one of my how about that's from a couple weeks ago. And Zach Plesak in game three uh, has really good strikeout numbers at 288 ERA on the season. Uh, and then even in the bullpen, like you're going to have Tristan McKenzie coming out of that bullpen. You're probably going to have Savale, who Chris is going to talk about later, uh, coming out of the bullpen, along with Nick Wittengren, along with James Karinchak, who had crazy strikeout numbers in his rookie year, and along with Brad Hand, who led the league in saves. Uh, Chris, do you want to give a little word on the Yankees now that I just went in depth about the Indians? Yeah, the Yankees, interesting team. You know, they've been uh, – this is their – uh, this is their fourth. fourth year in a row in the playoffs. Uh, in the playoffs, so they kind of have experience, even though they're somewhat younger. They kind of have experience now. Um, they're back pretty much to full health. Uh, they got Judge Stanton and Lemayhu all all in that lineup. Mm -hmm. um, Garrett Cole is on a good trend. Um, I think Tanaka and J.A. Happ have kind of outperformed expectations. Uh, it's it's an interesting team. Uh, uh, most people expected them to win the division this year. They didn't. Um, it wasn't it wasn't a crazy disappointing year from them. And you know I think they they're sort of a sleeper because they didn't win the division. But you know they have more playoff experience than most of the American League this year. They do. They probably have the most experience, other than like I guess the Astros. Actually, not even the Astros have so many rookies on that team. Yeah, and they, I wouldn't even say that. It's like um, them and the Indians. I'm going to sound like such a homer here, but I feel like this is the least confident I've been in a Yankees team in the postseason since 2017. Um, even even last time when they faced the Indians, like, I knew that team was very good. Yeah. Like, it, I, like I don't know. Like, I don't know how I feel about the Yankees this year. I don't and then maybe it's because of that road record that 11-18 and 18 does look really concerning to me. Um, just some notes. Uh, I'm, look, I'm looking at uh, pitchers, like some, their starting pitchers' uh, home road splits. So as soon as I can get that up, uh, I will find out what we're looking at here. Garrett Cole is a 3.67 ERA on the road this year with, uh, four, I mean, obviously good strikeout numbers. You're going to have that always from him. Uh, he has a 2.09 ERA at home. So obviously, I still think, I don't think that like is super dramatic, but. Um, you know, he obviously does perform better at home. I don't think that's going to come too much into play in Cleveland. I don't think we're going to look at his start in Cleveland and be like, oh, well, he was on the road. Like, what are you, you going to do? Um, but, yeah, 
Uh, Tanaka is actually way better on the road, believe it or not. This is strange. He's 3-1 and one at home with a 440 ERA, but he's 0-2 on the road with a 2-3-3. Hmm. Strange. Interesting. Yeah. Interesting. Um, so Tanaka is actually better on the road, and now I'm going to look at Jay Happ in just a second because that's likely the third or the second stunning pitcher that they're going to throw out there. I think they threw out Happ in game three. That would be my guess. Um, he's a – He's a four seven eight ERA on the road with a one nine six at home, so that's not good. Yeah, I mean it'll be interesting, and you know, who knows? Because that that Indians offense you is never, you don't it's really such know. a question mark. Exactly. Like yeah, outside of Jose Ramirez, like no one has really been outstanding. Like Carlos Santana has probably the weirdest slash line of all time this year. Have you seen it? Yeah, his OBP is like one fifty above his average, <laughs> yep. right? but his slugging percentage is like. 70, 70 points below his OBP, which yeah. is very weird. It's very interesting. Um, I think I have a bold take here. So you have Bieber versus Cole game one, which is the best matchup we're probably going to get all postseason. Yes. Uh, whoever wins game one wins this series. Yeah, that's, that's a good take, I think. That's what I'm, I'm going to run with. Yeah, that's, you know, you would expect that. Statistically, even, even without Bieber and Cole, you, you kind of – see that happening but yeah um so yeah beaver beaver cole whoever wins that that's yeah who you think is winning do you have a prediction of uh of who will win the series ultimately i'm gonna go indians in three indians. i think that's i think that's the safest bet i feel kind of lame doing it but uh i don't know i mean i like tanaka's road numbers so mm-hmm. i think i might i know that's kind of weird to go off trends like that but i mean you know, I think no fans is going to have a big impact. Like, it's right. – like, I don't know, like, are they going to uh, – are they going to put pipe in the, the, the crowd noise more because of it? Like, are they going to – like, what are they going to do to have that postseason atmosphere? Mm-hmm. I think that's a big question. But I do think the Indians take this one in three. Um, but honestly, I don't – I wouldn't be too surprised if the Yankees pulled it out. Yeah, yeah. I wouldn't – I'm not surprised either way. I don't think anyone would be really surprised either way this goes. Um, I don't know. For some reason, the – the Yankees, I, I just feel like feel like they've always been a even though they're the Yankees, you know, the big bad Yankees, they've been like a chip on their shoulder team for a while now. And I don't know, I think something about the experience on the team, I think the offense will help them out even even with that pitching staff. Um, so the Yankees have not announced their third starter yet. They announced uh, Cole and Tanaka for games one and two. Yeah, I think the Yankees are going to take this in three, um, and uh, okay, and move on, wow. move on to the ALDS. Wow! So, so you're going with a mini upset there? Yeah, a little bit of a mini upset. I, I bet the uh, the betting odds will probably be pretty even. I yeah, would, I would say going to be a very fun series, I believe. And the next series we have to talk about: Marlins Cubs. The Marlins made it. I mean, how about them fish? I mean, this isn't, it's what an insane year. Yeah. Uh, it's, this is the strangest thing to happen in 2020 throughout the whole world. Yes. For and, sure. And, uh, credit, credit to Daniel for this little note, uh, says 2003 rematch regarding the Marlins Cubs series. Uh, Cubs could not be happier that there aren't fans in the stands. So Yeah. No, no fans in the stands. No, no one interrupting a potential put out for Moises Alou. 
Um, <laughs> no more Steve Bartmans this year. No Steve Bartmans. And yeah, it's going to be a, it's, it's, it's going to be crazy when a cutout like magically grows hands and, <laughs> and just grabs a foul ball. Yeah. They're going to have someone pose as a cutout. Um, but it's a real person. So, I mean, the Cubs are going to – I mean, they're going to have you, Darvish, and Kyle Hendricks games one and two, which is dangerous. Two guys, you know, like, Darvish has been good all year, and Hendricks is on a great trend. Yeah. Um, one guy I'd like to note on the Marlins is – he was my guy to watch at the beginning of the season. Uh, Sandy Alcantara had a really good month of September. Uh, he made five starts, went 4-1 and one with a 230 ERA. He lowered his season ERA from 5.06 to a flat three, which is really good. He only pitched 42 innings, so it's not like he pitched a ton. But regardless, um, he did a great job uh, in the month of September. And I'm assuming he's going to be the game one starter. Um, who else would the Marlins have going after that? This, this team is it's so weird that they're in. Like, no one expected it. Um, Pablo Lopez, your guy. And Sixto. Oh, we got – do they get? Do they go six though? Game two? I don't know. His last two starts have been pretty bad. They have been, which um, makes me nervous. Which is yeah, slightly alarming. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's it, the Marlins have a very interesting. Situation. I mean, that's probably what they're gonna go with. They're probably gonna go Alcantara, Lopez, six though, or they could switch those last two. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's so. two, two very different teams. You know, you got the Cubs who have had kind of the same core since 2015, 2016. They've added, you know, Ian Happ and uh, other, other guys. I was like, most of the guys on the 16 team are still there. Yeah. Um, yeah. All they've the added is like Ian Happ and even Wilson Contreras was there in 2016, yeah. right? Um, and David Ross. Yeah. And they, I guess they've added, uh, yeah, Andrew. You Darvish. I guess they've added, yeah, you Darvish. But, yeah, it's, it's a lot of the same core. And then you have the Marlins, who have not been in the playoffs since – 2003. Since 2003. Yep. <laughs> almost, almost there with the Mariners. So, yeah, it's, it's a real clash of, you know, old versus new, which is, you know, fun to see. Exciting. Fun to see as a fan. Uh, what, is, what is your prediction for the uh, matchup? I'm going to go Cubs in two. Uh, I am also going yeah. Cubs in two. Those those two starting pitchers are now losing. Yeah, and, and like, and that's no disrespect to the Marlins. I think that like I will I will take great interest in this team through the offseason. I'm mm -hmm. interested to see what Derek Jeter and Michael Hill do to re to uh, you know to reload. Uh, you know, do they go out and get a you know maybe they spend some big money. Like maybe they go out and get you know maybe they get a big bat. And also, I think Starlin Marte and, and exited the game with an injury today. Uh, so I am concerned about that because they need him. Yeah, and I know the Marlins made the playoffs, but like their Pythagorean win loss, which is based on run, run differential, differential, was not great. Also, uh, the Marlins in the entire history of the franchise have not lost a postseason series. That's correct. Mm -hmm. They've made the playoffs twice, and they've won the World Series. So twice. I mean, if there's a if there's a reason they win, you got to look at that. Yeah, they have a history of just making absurd World Series runs. Yeah, they're like. The Eli Manning of yep. of uh, baseball. And just for records, uh, the Cubs are nineteen and fourteen at home. The Marlins are twenty and fourteen on the road. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, both numbers trend pretty well for them. Uh, the Marlins play better when they're not in front of their no fans, even when there's fans allowed. Yeah. Apparently. Apparently. Uh, but yeah, that's our 
I mean, no disrespect to the Marlins, but Chris and I are both going to go Cubs in two. Yeah, Cubs in two is our answer. And, you know, I'm rooting for game threes all around for, for yeah. all of these. Uh, I mean, I mean, we get a free eight game Wednesday this week. Exactly. Like, yeah. how, how? Just randomly. Is it's, and the, it'll still be September. Like, that's crazy. Yeah. Um, yeah, and eight, and eight games of, eight playoff games just on a random Wednesday in September. Beautiful. I love to see that. So the next series, uh, it's another three versus six matchup in the American League. Uh, Twins versus Astros, pretty interesting matchup. The Astros kind of lucked into the playoffs based on the circumstances of what the playoffs are. Um, did they end 30 and 30 or 29? 29 and 31. 29 and 31. Yeah. And the Twins uh, just won their division today. Um, it's going to be a, going to be a weird one. Uh, yeah. So this is the first time they've faced each other in the playoffs before the twins 24 and seven at home, the Astros nine and 23 on the road. Uh, they're going to, I mean, their pitching staff, the Astros, it's probably going to be Granky, Framber Valdez and Christian Javier. Two of those guys don't have any playoff experience. One of them is a playoff vet who still is looking for his World Series ring. Yeah. The Twins, they announced their playoff rotation. It's going to be uh, Maeda, Barrios, and Pineda, which is interesting. I mean, people forget Pineda is still on the team, and he did pretty well. Uh, what do you have to say about this series? Um, with Astros Twins, yeah, I don't have much to say about the series. It's going to be fun for the fans because, I mean – the Twins really, really. The Twins, could, the Twins could gain a lot of popularity. Yes. If they win this series. Yes, there could be some, you know, Kenta Maeda jerseys, jerseys being worn yeah. across the nation. Yep. Not just in Minnesota. It's it's a shame that none of those guys are known for throwing high high velocity fastballs. You know. Yeah, I mean, I I don't know. I mean, like like Barrios, he throws hard, but he's known for his off speed, and his you know breaking stuff. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Um. Yeah, the, they don't really have that in the starting staff. But, yeah, yeah the, I mean, it should be – like, the Astros look just way dead. We've talked about how they're probably going to um, regress. Roll over and die. Regress. Yeah. Not only this season, but in the future, how Justin Verlander's injury is kind of the start of that. And uh, do, you, do you also have uh, Twins in two? Yeah, the, abs- the Astros are absolute frauds. They are not winning a game this in this is- series. They're not even going to be close. The Twins are got to be so happy that they avoided the Yankees like we predicted, and they got yeah. a, a barely a playoff team. Shouldn't even be a playoff team at all. The Astros are absolute frauds, and they're not winning a game this series. Yeah. This Quote me on that one. This can't happen. Yeah. yeah. Clip it. Uh, yeah. We, the, the Astros, it, it'll, be, it'll be fun when, you know, it'll be like a nice moment of 2020. The Astros got swept in the playoffs. Yeah. It'll, that'll be a fun moment. Good to pull. Prefer, preferably not even close games. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I feel like Granky's on a bad trend. Maybe he gives up, you know, a quick five. Uh, you know, it's nice. The Twins also avoid uh, the Yankees for next round, too. That's correct. That's yeah. correct. I mean, like, what a year for the Twins. This, I mean, if there's, a, if there's a chance for the Twins to make a postseason run, it's this year because they don't have to face the New York Yankees until the ALCS. Yes. So the next series to talk about, two versus seven in the National League, um, this is probably going to be the most exciting series to watch. This is the hardest to predict for sure. For sure. You got the Braves who are uh, back-to-back-to-back National League East champs. You got the Reds who two weeks ago were six games below 500, made a run, and are now now find themselves in the seventh seed. 
Uh, and did they win today or lose today? The Reds, they won. They won. Yeah. So, yeah, they're on a very good trend. Um, everything seems to have pieced together in the past two weeks or so. Braves have been consistently good all year. Um, yeah, and they've faced each other in 1995 uh, in the playoffs, as we know from part two of the show to be named later, episode 35. That's right. The Braves won that one. The Braves are 19 and 11 at home. The Reds 15 and 16 on the road. Where to begin, man? This is, this is, I mean, high-powered offense versus absurdly good starting pitching. Because, like, the Reds, you have Trevor Bauer, Luis Castillo, and Sonny Gray going up against, you know, Freddie Freeman, Marcelo Zuna, Ronald Acuna Jr., Nick Markakis. Uh, is Ozzy in that lineup, or is he still hurt? I think Ozzy might be in that lineup. Albies. I mean, like, this is... This is power on power right exactly. here. Um, if you're the Braves, you have to win this series. You have to because you've been in the playoffs twice in a row. You've proven that you are perennial contenders every year. You've never won a playoff series. You have to win this series. And they're not obviously getting any favors with the matchup they're drawing here because Cincinnati has been arguably like one of the hottest teams in the league over the past two to three weeks. I mean, they were dead to rights. I think there were six games under 500 at one point. Yeah, they were 20 and 26. That's right. And, I mean, you have great pitching. You have, you know, the bullpen has been better. Amir Garrett's obviously a monster. Archie Bradley has been very effective for them. Yeah. Uh, I mean, they have had Lucas Sims has come out this year. There's another guy. Um, Rysel Iglesias is the closer. He's been, uh, you know, effective for them. Bounce back here. For Fast, him. big bounce back here for him. Um yeah, the Braves got the worst worst draw. They did worst, worst draw for. Did you see what winner. Did you see what Joey Votto said after they clinched in the presser? Yeah, I think I did. He said we're an effing nightmare. Yeah, and uh, and there's one more guy on the Reds I wanted to mention, and his name is yeah, it's to J How do I pronounce his name? To J Atone, I think that's his name. If I mispronounce that name, I'm sorry. But um, he is a bullpen pitcher for them. He pitched 33 and two-thirds innings this year for them. Um, he had a 2.94 ERA, and he is actually uh, fifth on the team in B-War behind Tyler Maley, Luis Castillo, Jesse Winker, and Trevor Bauer. Trevor Bauer, you could argue, is the National League Cy Young, and he's going to be going in game one of that series. And he is built for this. Uh, I have the Reds taking game one against Max Freed. Uh the Braves haven't announced their full rotation yet, so I don't know how comfortable I feel making a, you know, a full prediction. Game two, they're probably going to go with what? They're not going to Anderson game two, are they? Uh, the Braves? I mean – Would they? It would make I would be, I would be all for speaking, it. Statistically I would be all for it. He's been the second best uh, starter in that rotation. I would, I would be all for it. Me too. I'm not even, you know, I'm not even from upstate New York. I don't yeah. even have the bias. I would agree with it. I mean, everyone who's listened to this show for three seconds knows that I'm more than obsessed with Ian Anderson as a human being. I don't like the Braves' depth outside of that. You're going to have Kyle Wright, 24-year-old, starting game three, based on what I'm seeing statistically here. You can't do a bullpen game there. It sucks that New Newcomb is hurt, Toussaint is hurt. You're not going to start Robbie Erlin, and you're certainly not going to start uh, – Tommy Malone. They're going to go Anderson game two, man. They're going to go Anderson game two. And I think they're going to win that game by default. He's going to, he's going to 
get Luis Castillo there because everyone knows I'm just the biggest Ian Anderson guy in the world. And then game three, you know what? Because of – I'm going to say Reds in three just because I don't feel that confident the Braves keep pitching for game three. Right. I think it goes Reds, Braves, Reds. Yeah, I just think – I think the Braves are just coming into facing the Reds. We didn't even at, mention Adam Duvall for the Reds – for the Braves offense too. Yeah. He's been outstanding. He's been – he's been a, a wrecker. You know, it is – you know, unstoppable force, force versus immovable object. It is. Um, with the Braves offense and Reds, Reds pitching. pitching. I just think the Braves are catching the Reds at the exact wrong time. time. And I think I think the Reds are going to take it in three as um, well. That's going to be the, that's the number one series to watch this week by yeah, far. Yeah, for sure. That's, that's the one. That should be primetime television. Yeah. It's amazing. What a series. The next one is uh, an interesting matchup, I would say. Interesting matchup. You got the White Sox going against the A's uh, in a two versus seven matchup in the American League. Um, They also, two old franchises have not ever faced each other in the playoffs. Crazy. Crazy. Yeah. I mean, they've they've both been around since, uh, since like the start of the American League. Yeah, it's it is interesting. Uh, they have never yeah, they've never faced each other in the playoffs before. The Whites the A's are twenty two and ten at home, which is really good. The White Sox are seventeen and thirteen on the road. They're gonna have Giolito, Keuchel, and who else after that? Like, are they gonna go with? You're not going with Lopez, are they? Would they go with Dane Dunning for Game Three? Yeah. Or would, would they go with Dylan Cease? I, I would go with Dane Dunning. I would go with Dane Dunning. I mean, Dane Dunning didn't pitch very well his last time out. So that leads me to believe they might go Dylan Cease for game three. Uh, have they announced? Let me check if they've announced the, the rotation yet. But um, I love the White Sox in these first two games here, even if they're on the road. Yeah, they have not announced anything yet. The A's are – what are the A's going to do? They got Manaya, Montas, and Bassett yeah, for their rotation. They do, do they even – or do they put Lazardo in there? I don't know. I mean, you're going to see – all the A's pitchers are going to be on a quick hook. Uh, they're probably going to yeah. go straight to the bullpen on a lot of these. You're not going to see a lot of, a lot, a lot of uh, performances or a lot of starts from their starters wow. longer than five innings. How about this? Dane Dunning, 3.97 ERA, 3.98 FIP. Yeah. On- he, got, he got so lucky this year. Yeah, him and Cease. <laughs> him and Cease, very comparable. <laughs> yeah, because he was one point off in Dylan Cease. Let me see. What is Dylan Cease updated? Because uh, we were watching that game on Friday. He got Eyes hit with a home run ball. 401 ERA with a 636 FIP. It's amazing. <laughs> Outstanding. And incredible. ERA plus of 111. <laughs> Led the league in walks. 5.2 walks per nine with a 6.8 strikeout per nine in less in his strikeouts per nine went way down this year in in less innings believe it or not um you know what the white Sox aren't even gonna have to worry about game three they're gonna win it in two they're gonna win it in two i also have the white Sox winning uh however i have it in three games okay i'm going bold i love those two starting pitchers like keiko has been one of the most effective pitchers in the league in the month of september and giolito is a gangster yeah, I would say I would say the A's just find a way to get one of them. Um, the A's I, have, I just I like that bullpen a lot. 
But I mean, the A's have a no, are notorious for just being bad in the postseason since like the the turn of the decade or the century, rather. Yeah, yeah. They have they won a playoff series since what ninety ninety? Have they won a playoff series since ninety? Um. Well. Oh, the oh six or DS right? Because they lost in the CS to the Tigers. Right. Okay. Oh six. Oh six. Oh six. All right, A's. Who do they even have in oh six? I don't know. Uh, twins? No, the A's. Or oh, two thousand six. I think they had Frank Thomas on the team. That's right. They did have Frank Thomas. Yeah. Yeah. Total. Let me let me look up the oh six A's. Hang on. They had Frank Thomas. They had uh, I don't know Derek Barton. Did they have? They didn't have Giambi, did they? They. He was no. They didn't have oh. Giambi. Uh, yeah, they had, they, they had, had Frank Harden. <laughs> they had Jason Kendall. They had Barry Zito. Okay, I can understand that. Uh, they had Jason Kendall. They had Nick Swisher. They had Dan Heron, Frank Thomas, Eric Chavez, Mark Ellis, Jay Payton, Milton Bradley, uh, just announced the Houston Street, just an outstanding. They had Marco Scudero. Wow. Wow. What a team. Joe Blanton was on this team. Esteban Loaiza was on the team. I mean, that's, that's just an unstoppable force right there. You don't know how Maglio hit that. They beat the Twins. Okay. So, hey, you know what? The A's, they have won a, a playoff series in the last 30 years. Yeah, so cut them, cut them some slack. I mean, I know people Woo! want to talk about how the A's choke in the playoffs. They won it in 06. Yeah, they did. They, and they by it, three, games, three games to nothing. Yeah, and by it, I mean the LDS. Yeah, everyone remembers that one. Yeah. That's uh, shut up. They beat Johan Santana in Game One. Yeah. So I mean, what what do you what else? What more could you ask for? Yeah. What more could you ask for? There? I mean, come on. Uh, so I have White Sox in three. You have White Sox in two. They have been they have been slumping lately, but I think they can be different in the playoffs. Yeah, they've they've also faced some tough competition as of late. So mm-hmm. I guess that would explain kind of the slump. Um, the and then our last two series are one versus eight. We got Dodgers Brewers, a 2018 rematch. Uh, this mm-hmm. time in the wild, quote unquote, wild card round, as we're calling it now. Uh, the 2018 rematch, and uh, you got the Dodgers who have done very well at home, 21 and nine at home. Uh, they've done well, you know, the whole year. They've been the best team in baseball all year. And then you got the Brewers who. Backed into the playoffs, they're fourteen and seven on the road. They're twenty nine. Fourteen and seventeen. Fourteen and seventeen on the road. They're nineteen. Twenty nine and thirty one. Twenty nine and thirty one overall. Yeah. Uh, it's uh, yeah, it's really a really a David versus Goliath right here. Yeah. This might be surprising, but I'm going to go Dodgers in three. Dodgers in three. Yeah. Corbin Burns is hurt, is he not? Is yes. That- I think they win the Brandon Woodruff game. Brandon Woodruff's pitched really well lately, and I I think. Uh, he's not going to face Kershaw, unfortunately, so we will not be getting that rematch. <laughs> but uh, I do think Bueller's coming off the IL, right? Because he's pitching game one. The Brewers haven't announced any of their pitchers, but the Dodgers announced Bueller-Kershaw. And I'm pretty sure Bueller is coming off the IL to make this start because I don't believe he started any other games before this after going down. Let me check. Uh, oh, no, he did. He made three starts. Uh, he actually did very well, but he didn't go very far. He never pitched more than five innings. He's a 154 ERA in 11 and two-thirds innings pitched. Uh, I mean, how ready is he to go deep into a start? Um, 
the who? Bueller. Bueller, yeah, I don't know. Um, he hasn't pitched more than six innings all year. Yeah, Walker Bueller, that's a weird one. Kind of a quick hook situation. It might be, because then, then you got to hope that Kershaw goes deep into game two. He's been – and it stinks for the Dodgers because he's been kind of huge for them in the playoffs, even, you know, when they've been losing. Yeah. Uh, yeah, like – Full prediction, I'm going Brewers, Dodgers, Dodgers in this series. Brewers, Dodgers, Dodgers. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's kind of a question mark there. Like, the Dodgers pitching situation is a little more of a question mark. Like, starting pitching situation is a little more of a question mark than usual. Yeah. Um, but, you know, stacked offense, stacked bullpen – um, should get the job done for the series. I am going Dodgers in two, which is probably the less controversial take. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm taking taking Dodgers in two there. Uh, and we can move on to the Blue Jays and Rays. Uh, fun interdivisional, or I guess, uh, yeah. yeah, interdivisional matchup. Uh, they have also never faced each other in the playoffs. Rays have not been in the playoffs that much in their history. Mm-hmm. Um, I've never been. I don't think they've ever been in the playoffs at the same time. Uh, Rays and Blue Jays. Definitely not. There's no. They definitely have not been. Nope. Never. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> never been at the to the playoffs at the same time. And here they meet one versus eight. Uh, yeah. The Rays twenty and nine at home. Blue Jays fifteen and nineteen on the road. So I guess that plays into the Tampa Bay Rays advantages. Yeah. So I mean, for the Blue Jays, you got. You got Ryu going game one, Taiwan Walker going game two, and then game three is kind of a yeesh. You don't want to – I mean, Robbie Ray is an option. Nate Pearson maybe an option. He came off the IL and got his first career win. Uh, and the Rays obviously have uh, Snell, Glassdown, and Morton in that order, they've announced. And, I mean – Glassnow and Morton have kind of underperformed this year, but I think they can turn it into another notch in the postseason, especially because Charlie Morton has a lot of postseason success. Uh, if it, I mean, the Rays are going to win this series, and Morton is in position to pitch game three, and I think he's going to shove in that game three. Uh, but I'm still going to say Rays in two. Rays in two? Yeah. Uh, what did I put down? Uh, I have the Rays beating the Blue Jays in three games. Okay. I, Which one do you think they take? Uh, the Blue Jays. I think they have a. I think they have a good shot. Whatever game, Hyunjin Ryu pitches, which will probably be game one. Which will probably be game one. Against so now, you know that might be a that might be a thing. Although, now that I think about it, after Ryu, <laughs> after Ryu, it's Walker's not, been okay. Walker's been pretty good for them. Yeah, but like I mean, but, like uh, as far out of as, the bullpen. Oh, out of the bullpen. Yeah, I mean Jordan Romano, Rafael Dolis. Yeah, they do have a couple guys, but it's not that deep. And also, I I like the way the Blue Jays have been playing. Also, I'm just excited to see Vlad Jr. in the playoffs. Him, Bo Bichette, Kevin Biggio. Yeah, like that's gonna be so much fun to watch. The the Blue Jays, I like the way the Blue Jays have been playing in the playoffs, and or not in the playoffs, and as of late, uh, like in in the late weeks of September, and I think they I think they get one. I don't think they'll win the series, but I I have them. Losing in three games okay. uh, to the Rays. Wow. So there's that's the uh, that's the divisional round preview. It's the wild card round preview. The wild card round preview. I'm excited. Correct. Yeah. Um, when so these games are going to be done after Thursday, right? Yeah. No Friday. Oh yeah. All yeah Friday because the NL starts on Wednesday. 
Yep. So, and then, uh, and then they get started on Sunday. So we're probably not going to be talking to, talking to the people until, uh, the, That's uh, it. we'll, we'll do it. We'll do like a, we'll record on Saturday. Yeah. We'll do, yeah, yeah, we'll, we'll preview the uh, division series. Do a Saturday after recap, cast. recap everything that happened. Yeah. We, we talk, we're talking baseball kind of whenever, kind of whenever that's kind of whenever. Um, exactly. So yeah, the, the, uh, the wild card round, that's yeah. going to be, it's going to be fun. It's going to be a lot of fun. So now we're going to get into, um, we're going to kind of do a, uh, a, a timely edition of How About That, one of our favorite segments, highlighting uh, players that have been doing well. I personally today do not have a How About That. It's a negative day for me, unfortunately. I have two slightly alarming, no How About That's. Oh. And uh, Daniel has one of each, so... Here we have our Monday, September 28th edition of How About That? So who is your How About That? My How About That, I mentioned him earlier, Brandon Woodruff. This is why I have the Brewers winning one game. Over his last four starts, he is a 1-6-3 ERA, 36 strikeouts, and three walks in 27 and two-thirds innings pitch. That is tied. He is, he is one win above replacement. That is tied for the best, the second best, I'm sorry, in the majors. Also, over his last four starts, that is since, I believe, September 10th, he is the only pitcher in all of baseball with a sub-two ERA, a sub-one walks per nine, and at least 10 strikeouts per nine. So Brandon Woodruff, has been dominating, and he's been in the place. He's going to be in the place of Corbin Burns, unfortunately, and that's why he is going to lead the Brewers to a game one win against L.A. That's right. That's right. Brandon Woodruff is uh, definitely coming into his own uh, as of late. Got to go to Dogs Cork and just go right here. So now we go from the, the highs to the lows. Now it's slightly alarming statistics where – we're talking about players that have been that are not carrying momentum into the playoffs and you know might be an issue in the playoffs, whether it be in the first round or afterwards. So I'll start because I have two of these. Um, my slightly alarming, uh, my first slightly alarming statistic is on Zach Granke who, uh, you know, started out as a guy who was one of the top five pitchers in the American League, you could say. And in his last seven starts, however, he's had a 5.73 ERA, uh, a 2.88 batting average against, and it's not like he's getting that unlucky. His expected batting average against is 2.77, and uh, he's had a 38% hard hit rate against, uh, which is not which is uh, slightly above the average, and it's not great to see, especially when it's a guy who allows a lot of batted ball events, not a lot of strikeouts. Um, so in those last seven starts, um, not great, 5.73 ERA. And uh, you, yeah, is now uh, your slightly alarming statistic. So you went with an Astro. I'm also going with the Astros as a yeah. whole. Their yes. offense – in the month of September, they're the only playoff team 
to not produce one win above replacement as a team offensively. And there are three guys in particular who have been miserable. One of them is Yuli Gurriel, who answered today with a negative three weighted runs created plus uh, in the month of September. Josh Reddick also had 56, and Carlos Correa had 49. So I am this offense has been concerning as well as Zach Greinke, who is the only pitcher on this team with any experience. Slightly alarming. Yeah, this is these reasons. These are the reasons why we're going Twins and two, and yeah. uh, why you should go Twins and two here. Uh, not not a lot of momentum for the Astros going into the playoffs. My second slightly alarming statistic is on a guy uh, we're on a t- on a guy who's on a team we're a little more hopeful about. Uh, he's on the Indians. He probably won't be starting in the first round, but you know if they get into the divisional round, he might be a guy that they might go to. I'm talking about Aaron Savale, he's a starting pitcher for the Indians. In his last four starts. He has a 7.36 ERA and a 5.55 FIP, and he has a 3.40 average against in his last four starts, and an and a 3.07 expected batting average against. So you know, technically, a little unlucky, but you never really want a 3.07 expected batting average against. Uh, not great. And along with this, they've been hitting the ball far off of him. Not only hard, but far off of him. He's allowed five home runs in 22 innings pitched uh, in this span, in these four starts. He's given up five home runs in 22 innings. Slightly alarming. So not great for Aaron Savale. Um, and, what, uh, and what he has in store for possibly a division series, championship series, and maybe World Series. Uh, maybe, maybe a reason why they stop at the, after the division series. Who knows? Could be an issue, but that's Aaron Savale. And uh, we'll end off with some news uh, that broke today. One of the one of these things. The only firing today. that has been announced so far. Yeah, right. uh, Billy Epler, the Angels general manager, is uh, fired after. I feel like he's been there for a while. Five, it was after 2015. So, so yeah, he's been there for five years. Um, and uh, ironically enough, uh, no playoff appearances uh, during this stretch. And, you know, Angels, I think it seems like the right move. It does. I mean, you look go, I mean, I don't know. I really have questions on where they go with direction from here because I texted a friend of mine who is an Angels fan and asked what he thinks. And he said, quote, I love Epler, but Monero does never let him be himself. He's a great GM, but not with Monero as the owner. Moreno sorry and he's an analytical guy and Moreno is just not um which makes sense because Joe Madden's not an analytical guy at all which so it makes sense that they that Art Monero chose to bring him in um I really hope I mean I there's there's been Angels fans that have been throwing around the Dave Dombrowski name Mm -hmm. which I think that they could be in a position for that I think the Red Sox were kind of in a similar spot when they hired him Obviously, he brought him a World Series. The only thing is the Angels don't have that great of a farm system outside of – I mean, you have Adele. You have uh, – Jared Walsh came up this year and did very well. He's uh, fairly young and has a chance to maybe stay in that lineup. Um, outside of that, the Angels as a farm system, kind of questionable. Um, there's another guy, uh, an outfielder that I'm forgetting about that I really feel guilty about right now. Brandon Marsh, that's who I'm talking about. Uh, you know, they, he could be trade bait. 
um, if Dombrowski gets in, but try to think. I mean, Epler brought in, he brought in Simmons. I think that was his first move as a GM. Questionable move because you gave up, you know, Simmons obviously was very good for you. Don't get me wrong. They gave up Eric Ibar, who is, you know, tenured guy. Uh, you also gave up Sean Newcomb in that deal. Right. Who has become, you know, highly touted, I guess. I mean, he hasn't really shown us everything and on a full scale yet, but he's obviously got a lot of potential in Atlanta and he's a young pitcher, which is something they get to use right now. Um, if they do bring in Dombrowski, might as well just sign that check for Trevor Bauer right now. Yeah. Uh, he signed that contract to Justin Upton, which I think is not looked at very kindly right now. Right. That's not great. They signed Anthony Rendon, which is very good. Um, those are really the, the three major moves that Billy Epler made that I can think of, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, you re-signed Mike Trout, but that's yeah, kind of – Yeah, obviously. Like, I could have done that. Yeah, that's ownership mostly, saying, yeah. like, you got to extend this guy. <laughs> but – but yeah, I mean, the Dylan Bundy trade is working. Dylan out. Bundy trade was very good for them. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, who knows, really? I mean, I guess with, uh, I guess you say that he wanted to be more analytical, but it wouldn't, it wasn't allowed by, yeah, ownership. So if it is an ownership problem, I guess, I guess we'll see. Yeah, I feel like they might just hire a puppet, which makes me worried because the Angels are a team that have potential. I mean, they have two guys in their pitching staff, Griffin Canning and Patrick Sandoval, that could, you know, be something, and that that could complete a really that could complete a really good rotation if they get Bauer, because then you're looking at Bauer, Bundy, Andrew Heaney, and then those two, which is a solid rotation. Um, I really hope they do hire another analytical guy, though. Like Billy Epler may have just not been the right guy. Yeah, and if whoever comes in, they're probably going to have to. Uh extend Dylan Bundy I think he's I think he's uh, done after 2021 so that's something they'll have to do yeah and yeah free agent signings like Trevor Bauer Trevor Bauer would to a 295 FIP he got unlucky this year and yeah he was up after 2021 yeah you re-signed Dylan Bundy yeah you gotta you gotta extend Trevor uh, or (laughs) Dylan Bundy but you do have to sign Trevor Bauer too I think that's I think that should be the number one priority this offseason if you're the Angels yeah, yeah, Bauer. That guy over here. He is from the Los Angeles area, so that it would so make sense. So is Garrett sense. Cole, though. Yeah, but but know, Garrett Cole, I mean, Garrett Cole. I don't think I would say I don't think the Yankees are going to be going after Bauer, and I don't think Bauer would even go to the Yankees. Yeah, and Garrett Cole, I think he, I think he still just went to the highest bidder. Yeah. Um. So you just it would surprise me if Bauer did not go to the highest bidder. Uh, it would surprise you. Well, and we'll talk about this more in the off season, but I think the Angels are my pick for Bauer as of right now. And that could change in a month. Maybe he wants to, you know, finish some business with the Reds if it doesn't go well there in the playoffs, but who knows? Yeah, the, the whole Bauer free agent situation will be interesting. Yeah. Very interesting. You know, I feel like he's a guy that wants to be on a winning team because, you know, that's how it was in Cleveland. And he has that one-year deal thing. Yeah, he's got that one-year deal thing. It could be very interesting for uh, for Mr. Bauer. It could be. The uh, – future commissioner of the MLB. That's right. Uh, and final news, uh, final news, uh, Alex Gordon during the week, do you know what, do you remember what day of the week it Thursday. was? Thursday. Thursday announced that he would be retiring from baseball following, uh, following the end of the season. It's the end of the season. And uh, he had his farewell game today. Pretty interesting moment. I think he had family there. They allowed family in there. Yeah. Um, 
a, a cool moment, a guy who, um, I mean, I, I think maybe the longest Royal tenure since Brett, George Brett, maybe yeah. possibly 14 years with the team. Saberhagen maybe. Um, yeah, possibly it, it's hard. It would be hard to find that out, but yeah. Um, you know, a, a, an all around player, he was pretty good offensively and very good defensively. And uh, very good defensively. Yeah. Very good defensively. Seven career gold gloves and a platinum glove as well. Yeah. Big on rocket out, for an arm, big on outfield assists. Yeah. Um, and 30, 34.8 career, 34.9 career B war, which is respectable. Very, 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 very respectable career. He was definitely above average uh, for his career. 10.3 wins above average. Um, yeah, I'm getting old, Chris. Like, I remember, I mean, I was watching him, you know, in his prime years of, like, what, 2012, uh, 2013, 14. And then, of course, 15 was the World Series year. You know, he hits that home run off of Familia uh, to tie uh, game one in the ninth inning. That was his – I think that was his highlight of his career. Right. Yeah. Yeah. He... Um, I mean, he did something that nobody else does today, and that's stay with one team for, for an entire, you know, career. Yeah. Especially a team that were only was really only competitive for two years out of his fourteen years there. But I mean, make no mistake about it, he got, you know, he had his fair share of success in those two years, especially in the playoffs. Yeah, and not, you know, not a big market team either. Not yeah. a team that usually extends their guys um, for the future. But they kept Alex Gordon around. He was drafted in. Oh five. That's right. Oh five. He was in that really good draft class. Third overall pick. Or no, I'm sorry. Second overall pick in 05? Apparently. Yeah. Second overall pick in 05 to Justin Upton. Yeah. And it, uh, it seemed to have worked out for the Royals. Yeah. I mean, I remember when he hit free agency and everyone was talking about, I want to say it was after 14, he hit free agency and he ended up resigning. Uh, he ended up, they ended up basically buying out his contract. Uh, and he's a Royal for life, which I'm so happy about. I mean, I remember when, uh, you know, when Kane, Hosmer, Escobar, and Moustakis all hit free agency at the same time, and, you know, it felt like that era was just ending. Alice Gordon stayed. He was still there. Yeah. He wasn't going anywhere. Yeah. And the Royals, the Royals definitely did want to keep him around and they kept him around for the, for all 14 years. So that's, that's the Alex Gordon situation. One question uh, we didn't put in the prep sheet, but um, our, our regular season or before the season, we had our, our World Series predictions. Do you, do you think any of your, you know, predictions from before the season have been kind of amended in terms of like who you have making it further, who you have make, not making it further? who you have winning the World Series. Well, I mean, both of us had raised Dodgers in the World Series, and yes. they're both the one seeds. So I feel like it'd be pretty hard to, to write that back now. Yeah. So I think I'm going to stick with raised Dodgers as my World Series pick. Yeah, I also have raised Dodgers, and I, I have the Rays winning the series just because I just don't – I don't trust Dave Roberts enough. That's fair. Um, I don't – I mean, you're obviously now looking at a situation where the Rays don't have as much pitching depth as you would have thought. Correct. Uh, you know, they're going to have to do a bullpen game, which not that that's too much of a problem for them. They have a lot of guys that have performed. Kevin Fleming, uh, John Curtis, guys like that have really stepped up this year. Naturally, guys that nobody had heard of this year, but that's yeah. kind of what the Rays do. 
Uh, I'm still going to stick with Rays Dodgers as my World Series pick. Yeah, either one of them winning would kind of add to the randomness of 2020. Like, the Dodgers actually – Actually, actually, they did it in the season through. where they had more playoffs. Yeah, like the, the Dodgers actually coming through uh, would be pretty wild to think of. Like, I, honestly, I, it's, it's weird. Like, you, you expect them to win, but you also kind of don't expect them to win now in a, way, in a weird yeah. way. And the Rays – It's like, well, they should win, but based on historic, historically yeah. speaking, they're not. Some, something's going to happen. I don't know what – but something is going to happen. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I can't tell you what round. I can't tell you who, who's going to be at fault. Yeah. I can't tell you what's going to happen, but just something catastrophic is going to happen where the Dodgers are not going to win. Yeah, and then the Rays, you know, they're a team. They, their payroll is, like, under $100 million. Uh, They have made the World Series once before. Uh, they're a franchise that's 22 years old. Mm-hmm. and uh, They've never won one before. They, they don't have a – big fan base at all and them just winning the world series would be perfectly random exactly uh, for for this year wouldn't that be 2020 that would just be such a 2020 what a 20 what a 2020 thing if the dodgers (laughs) or rays won the world series but that's the that's the conclusion of the episode uh we hope you enjoyed this if you want to follow us on social media uh follow me on Twitter at Chris underscore Gianta. Follow Daniel on Twitter and Instagram at Daniel underscore Curran. And also follow the uh, show Instagram at STBNL Podcast. Uh, we hope you enjoyed our playoff preview. And uh, we hope to be talking to you guys um, probably about Sunday, uh, talking about what happened in the division series Woo! and what will be happening. Uh, what what happened in the wild? We're gonna be talking series. about we're gonna be talking about how right we were. Yeah, <laughs> we're gonna be talking. Yeah, we're gonna be talking. How about we nailed the three, it? The three game Brewers Dodgers series, the two game Astros Twins series, with yeah. the, which is gonna be a bludgeoning. So we hope you enjoyed us talking about uh, our preview of the wild card series, and we hope you enjoy our review of the wild card series and our preview of the division series on Sunday. See you then.